this is Ansu say with Real Game, brought to you by Basketball Psychology, the show that brings basketball and other sports to you in the way that you can easily understand. I'm here with my guys today. I'm here with CG. Yo. And I'm here with Mike. Yeah. Another banking podcast, man. So let's get right into it. Man, today's topic, this is one of the the biggest, I would say, stigmas and myths across grassroots basketball, not even just basketball, but all sports, man. And that's the idea of D1 or bust. Nowadays, a lot of kids and a lot of parents are caught up in the idea of uh, going Division One, and Division One being the only way. And if you don't go Division One, then they're in their minds you're not a success. So I just want to kind of talk about why do y'all think that that idea uh, exists today in the in the culture? Yeah. Well, for one, I believe it has a lot to do with just the um, the idea that is around being D one and the uh, um, amount of media that that comes with D one. There's a lot of coverage that is um, being done with a lot of those athletes, and that's mainly what um, most of the athletes who are dreaming to reach that stage are seeing and this is is just what is presented within the face every day so um that definitely has a a lot to do with it and most people just don't understand the different levels and the benefits and cons to each one of those so i have to agree with michael i think a lot of these kids out here are just seeing like the pros of being D1, all the shoes that they get, everything that they see on social media, and they're just like, oh, I want that. I want to do this. But in all actuality, they don't see what, like how much time those players are putting into their craft. A lot of other things that go into them getting all the things that they get. But think that some some people need to have a check and then some people just need to figure out where where they actually are and just keep working you know i like the idea uh micah that you brought up about just being so consumed with division one because it's you know that's what's out there in the media that's what's in in our faces uh, you can see it with the March Madness tournament every single year. Uh, probably, if not the biggest tournament in all of sports, it's just a huge deal, uh, especially, you know, with the emergence of NIL. Uh, just all eyes is on Division One, And I think Division One is definitely a shiny. It's looked at in, ter- in terms of a shiny object, uh, but... Like you said, Sue, a lot goes into reaching that level, and uh, it's not all peaches and cream, I would say. Exactly. Uh, Another thing, though, that I think uh, why people are so consumed with D1 is because in their minds, Division One is the only way to reach uh, your 
goals in terms of playing professionally, which as we all know, that's not the case, especially nowadays. If, if you're talented and you can play, people will find you. Like people will go out and find talent and make sure that you have an opportunity to pursue your goals. I have to agree with that. It's a lot of guys that I know personally that um, that went to NAIAs and D2s that are professionals in Europe. And I, it's, there are a few guys in the NBA that are rotation players that did not go to big D1 schools that went to D2s or started at a D3. And it's just all in what you what what you have and what you have to offer if you if you're talented they're gonna find you wherever you're at that is, that is definitely a true statement um something else to kind of add into that is um just because you go d1 doesn't mean that you're going to actually play um there's a lot of guys that get stuck up there on the division one level and never see the court. And at the end of the day, if you can't get on the court, slash the field, whatever you're playing, then nobody is going to be able to to see your talent. You're not going to be able to show the world what you actually have. <clears throat> one last thing for this, uh, the stigma behind D1 or bus. Another reason I think that it exists is the lack of knowledge from uh, other divisions, whether it's Division II, uh, Division III, NAIA. Uh, it's not really, it's just not really as advertised, I would say. Um, I know me growing up or coming up when I was in high school, I probably couldn't tell you five division two schools like if you just asked me and off the top of my head i couldn't tell you i had no idea what the lone star conference was like it's just not out in the media and out in front of people's faces so people don't even know that it's actually a viable option for them and in most cases it's the best option for players a lot of times uh, a lot of these um different colleges in terms of the D2 level and or NAIA, whatever level you want to think about, um, can be used as a, a stepping stone in a sense. Um, that's a, a benefit that comes from being able to play on a higher level than just high school. So mm -hmm. it's just a quick little tip within that. So next we're going to move on to kind of what what it looks like at each of the levels because i feel like we have a unique panel for this discussion we have players that have played at almost every single level that there is to play at so uh kind of just we can start with d1 uh what does a d1 player look like and what are the types of players that typically go division one you have to be a crazy athlete. You have to be a great shooter. If you're not that, you have to be the best defender on your team. Like it, it's division ones. Like you only gonna have 
you might have like one or two guys, but everybody else they're looking for, they have a role. Yeah. So I mean, but in Division One, all those teams are going to get the best athletes that can do all of those things on top of <clears throat> top of being the athlete. They can each do at least one of those things. So would you would you say Division One schools are typically more willing to take a risk on a player if they feel like the player is physically gifted enough? Uh, you see it all the time. Oh, yeah. Just because a player is like an uber athlete, they'll take a chance and say that he's a project. And then if he doesn't pan out, then they just get rid of him. It's, it's, a, it's like a factory. It's a business. Yeah. One main thing that I see come up a lot and I've heard from multiple coaches is you can't coach height. And I, that, that's, that's a big thing um, in terms of players that's going D1 and it's not. Um, height has a, a lot to do with it. Um, of course, skill can carry you there, but a lot of times, like Sue said, they'll take chances on guys just because of their athleticism and or just because they're seven foot. I mean, you can't teach a six foot four big man how to be seven foot, you know what I'm saying? But you could teach a seven foot big man <laughs> how to be a actual big man. You could teach the skill, so. Right. I, I agree with y'all 100%. Uh, if, you, if you're not 6'9 six, six, and above, uh, it's going to be tough for you as a big in Division One. And then I would say the sweet spot for wings, I would say like 6'5 to 6'8. 5 to 6'7, 6'8. Yeah, those are the type of players that coaches are – foaming at the mouth for and then if you under that six five like you said so they gotta be got special crazy. they gotta they gotta do something very great whether it's shooting like you said defense running the team something division two <clears throat> in my opinion and in my experience division two players are i would usually say they're more seasoned because most of the time, these are players that are sticking around for four plus years into college. Um, they're typically more skilled, and I say I say that carefully, but I only say that because their athleticism and and or their height isn't enough for them to get by. So they usually have to rely more on their skills. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Um, for me, on personal experience, playing against D1s and just playing against Division Two guys, the the main difference is kind of what we spoke about with the um, Division One is is the height thing. The the bigs dictate um, the the difference between Division One and, and Division Two. Um, if one team can get <laughs> more possessions, more rebounds, more chances, then you automatically have a greater chance of winning. And and there's a a, a higher percentage of guys who are under 6'3". So, of course, it's going to be a lot of great cards. Mm -hmm. So 
It's, yeah. I definitely agree. The Division Two level is filled with talented guards. Just so many. Because obviously they can't all go Division One, so some are going to slip through the cracks, and a lot of them are landing in that sweet spot at Division Two, especially with the transfer portal. And then the last division we'll talk about is NAIA. Um, I actually found an interesting stat that the NCAA released uh, last year, and it was nearly 50% of all Division One transfers in every sport in, 20, in 2022, they did not transfer to an uh, NCAA school, meaning they either didn't go anywhere or they went to NAIA school. Mm, wow and that's just kind of crazy to me because we all know about the transfer portal and how it it gets filled up so fast and a lot of times players don't find a landing spot but if you're a player and you're kind of side-eyeing NAIA you definitely should not be uh, viewing them that way because NAIA is filled with talent uh as you can clearly see, Division One transfers are landing in NAIA every single year, and that doesn't do anything but make make that product even better. Those NAIA guys are some killers, man. There's some guys, like, <laughs> just like you said, CG, there's some oh, guys man. from D1 that's going NAIA. It's, I, know, I know a few guys that went from NAIA up to D1. So... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You just you got to pick your poison. I've I've actually seen an NAIA team beat a Power Five team. Yep. So like, it's starting to happen almost every single year with where these lower division teams are beating these D ones. There's so much talent, and like I said, and a lot of people don't like to talk about this too, which I feel has to be um, spoken about, just because we. We're called real game, so we, we got to put it out there how it is. Politics definitely have a lot to do with that, too, with um, guys slipping through the cracks and different things like that. And you got to know certain people and different things like that. So it's, it's not a um, very attractive conversation, but it, it's something that needs to be said just so guys aren't led in the wrong direction and thinking that it's just – their talent and this and that and that. At the end of the day, if two guys are the same, you're gonna go with the guy that you you know the best type thing. So oh, yeah, talent will only sure. get you so far unless you six eight. Definitely, it's, it's sad that that's the case, but it's it's the reality, especially in the basketball realm. Yeah, and I but, think it, it kind of veers off to a lot of other sports too, but that's a conversation for another day. I agree. I just want to leave the listeners with uh, this little nugget that smaller schools that compete at a high level are an ideal option when looking for schools and transferring to schools just because it's not a division one or it's not a big school. If they're if they're well coached and they're competing at a high level and playing for conference championships and uh tournament champions like that's that's a good place to be at definitely and i want to add on to that too um like we said you can definitely use some of these d2 naia schools that compete at a high level as a a stepping stone a lot of coaches just want to see that you can 
play on a higher level. And um, just to speak about a couple of conferences that we're familiar with, um, the Lone Star definitely has guys who transfer and go Division One, which is a Division Two conference. But they have guys that leave that and go to a D1 school all the time. And it's usually more beneficial for younger guys, um, guys who are coming in as freshmen that just need to prove that they can actually play on the collegiate level. Um, and schools like Lincoln Memorial, who have definitely consistently been at the top of the Division II um, rim for, for a couple of years now. So there's, there's definitely a lot of benefit within the D2 area. Yeah, I, I I agree with you 100%, bro, especially just using these. I don't want to say using the, the, the school as a stepping stone, but, I mean, in reality, that's what you're doing. And it is what it is. Coaches, you see coaches do do the same thing all the time. They, they use a smaller school as a stepping stone. They have success, and they go up. So yeah. I don't think it should be frowned upon as a player. So what yeah. the – FDU coach did. Now he's at Iona. <laughs> yeah, he got him a nice little job. But that was, that was a big win, man. Kudos to the FDU and kudos to the coach. Definitely. Man, the, so this is the last option. And I feel like this this option, y'all can, y'all can tell me if I'm wrong or not, but I feel like this option – really might be overlooked the most nowadays and that is junior college i feel like a lot of kids are very hesitant to go to junior college nowadays and i would just say because they look down upon it like it's not shiny at all junior college is a grind it's 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 some dogs in junior college like you really gotta you really gotta get out and get it out the mud so just kind of talk about uh, some of the benefits of junior college and, uh, you know, what it can do for your game. And um, junior college is, is it, man. I'm, I went to a junior college. I went to a Division One junior college, Weatherford College. But um, it, it, it can help you develop your game. It helps you get bigger faster, stronger, like junior college, it, it it is a way that people can see exactly what you can do. And it gives you another chance after high school for you to showcase that. Definitely. I agree. Like, like you said, um, Micah is junior college is, it is, and it can be used as a stepping stone. Uh, obviously, it's only for freshmen and sophomores, so it's it's just a bunch of young guys, and you you learning how to play basketball at the collegiate level, learning what it takes to be successful as a basketball player at that level, and just really just adjusting your mind and your body and your game to to the game of college basketball. I think I think JUCO is a great option for any player. Uh, I attended JUCO myself, Hutchinson Community College. So, if any player has the opportunity to go to junior college, definitely consider it heavily. Yeah, 
I'm all in for that with you guys, and, and I definitely agree and can um, kind of back on that. Um, me personally, I didn't go JUCO, but I definitely have been to grind the game enough to um, know that there is a lot of talent that comes from JUCO. You got NBA players that's, <laughs> that have come from JUCO. Jimmy Butler, I believe, went junior college. If I'm Thanks. Jimmy yeah. Butler, um, yeah. Jake Crowder. <laughs> yeah. You can name um, them. I do want guys to be um, familiar with what's going on around the actual um, collegiate area right now. And um, this is not to scare any guys off from JUCO because it definitely is great. Um, just to get your foot in the door and any collegiate level, I think is great. But one thing I do want people to be um, familiar about is the transfer portal has grown tremendously since 2020. And um, that just means that it is more competitive when it comes to junior college now. It's, it's a bit tougher now because so many guys are definitely entering in and some coaches might want to take a chance if they feel like they need one more piece to get over their hump they might want to take a chance on a, a older guy who has is more established but each college has their own identity and what they're looking for and some coaches are, are trying to build and they are definitely go for a, a young talent within the um, junior college area because a lot of those guys honestly are there because of grades i'm gonna have to push back a little bit on that one bro go ahead just just because there there are a handful of players in junior college who are there for grades but there are also just a lot of ones like like we said talent slips through the cracks so oh yeah they may they may just fall under the radar in their high school career and end up having to go to junior college. But um, man, it's it's really crazy to see what the transfer portal has become. But I would say the JUCO kids, they would they get a, a look ahead of high school kids because those junior college kids have college experience. Yeah. And for some programs, uh, sometimes you may have a new coach coming in and uh, a lot of the times those new coaches feel the pressure to win and produce now. So instead of bringing in a high school graduate or uh, somebody else, you know, JUCO kids are usually looked at as a quick fix because Definitely. Uh, they played in college. And so they're coming into a completely new system and the new coach has the opportunity to mold them into what they want them to be and play the way that they want to play um that's a great but point. I, but i would agree with you though that because of the transfer portal as well juco kids also take a back seat to other division one kids within the transfer portal or other division two kids within the transfer portal so it's kind of a it's a give and take for sure but i just wanted to bring that point up yeah most definitely i think we can leave the listeners with is division one or bust is a myth. You do not have to go division one to reach your goals. You do not have to go division one to be successful. 
you define what success looks like and success isn't only at the division one level. Oh, that's a true statement. At the end of the day, you have to put in their work. You continue to grow and, and increase your abilities. It'll put you at a higher level. And that's all we got, though. Appreciate y'all, y'all boys' time tonight. Hope that, I hope the listeners can take a few nuggets from what we talked about. Uh, as always, we appreciate y'all's support. Uh, we're going to keep putting out episodes. Uh, keep tapping in with us, and we're going to have new content for y'all. Uh, we appreciate y'all. We're going to talk to y'all next time. Peace. Peace.